as we wrap up week nine of the NFL season, there's a few things we need to talk about here on Cut to the Chase. Of course, I'm your host, Chase Williams, and we have 15 minutes left of football on Sunday Night Football as I'm talking right now. The Saints up 31-0 to unless the world's craziest comeback happens. The Saints are going to beat the Buccaneers by a ton. And then we also have Monday Night Football tomorrow night against the Patriots and the Jets. So for the most part, we know what we need to know. We know about the teams that I want to talk about here. And let me correct myself, actually. Pretty much the team I want to talk about here. There is very much one team I want to talk about, and that is the still undefeated, the 8-0 Pittsburgh Steelers. And all I got to say is I've been talking to some Steelers fans. You know, they have a big fan base, and we need to sit down and have a true talk. Because Steelers fans... I'm really confused how some of you can watch the NFL and then tell me that you truly believe the Pittsburgh Steelers are the best team in the NFL. Because as I said on Snapchat just a few hours ago, you are delusional. Delusional. If you truly believe you are the best team in the NFL. Don't get me wrong. They're a good team. We'll we'll go through it. They are a good team. But... They're not the best team in the NFL. I don't even know if I think they're the best team in the AFC. Correction. I do believe the AFC has the best team in the NFL. So I don't believe they're the best team in the AFC. I don't care that they're undefeated. I don't care that I truly think they may go 16-0. I don't even think they'll make the AFC championship, if I'm honest. So I get it. They're 8-0. Fans, you should believe they can compete for the Super Bowl. You should believe that they might be hoisting that Lombardi trophy later in February. And I think they could. But I would be shocked if they do. They're 8-0. They should compete. But there's a big but. There's a lot of buts. There are so many buts. Two and a half pages worth of buts in my notes, to be exact. Let's start off with the fact that they rely on their defense. You know, that's good. You know, there's, there's the quote... Defense wins championships. I think that's key. I really do think you need a good defense to win a championship, especially in the NFL. I think it's very, very key. You know, the Chiefs last year won the Super Bowl, and I think of all their offensive stars, Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, of course, Travis Kelsey. Um, They had the rookie uh, Scary Terry. I don't remember his name. Maybe it wasn't Scary Terry. Um no, of course, that was his nickname, not his real name, but unimportant. They had a fast rookie receiver, but they also had a good defense. Was it the league's best defense? No, but they had a very good defense. And the Steelers also have a good defense. Don't get me wrong. They have one of the best in the NFL. Um, recent defensive power rankings on a website that wasn't a huge website, but it was a well-known sports website. I think it was called sportsnot.com. As in, like, astronaut, but sports not. It was it was not a website I use a lot, but they did specific defensive power rankings. And they ranked them as the best defensive team in the league. I get it. I, I would argue that, as a whole, they are the best defensive team in the league. Maybe. I don't know. They're fifth in yards right now. Sixth in passing yards, to be exact. Fifth in 
rushing yards given up, only giving up 20.3 points per game. That all sounds great because they do have a good defense. But on the eye test that I watched today against the Dallas Cowboys with the what felt like the 800th string quarterback playing for them, they kind of got dusted in the first half. And normally, I would admit, it's normal. Normally, it's the opposite. I mean, excuse me. Normally, you see the defense really, really strong. And then kind of play lazy in the second half. And you see that team come back. You saw against the Tennessee Titans a few weeks ago. They played really well against the Ravens in the first half. And then all of a sudden, the Ravens made it a game in the second half, which I did not watch a lot of that game. I watched just a little bit. But there was a big difference between the first half where I saw and the second half where I saw their defense be pretty trash. Where this past week, or this past afternoon, I guess, they got lit up in the first half by... A quarterback that I don't even know the name of. I'm going to Google it as as we as we talk right now because, you know, uh, I really just don't know the guy's name. And that's that is OK. Um, it's literally a like 15th string quarterback. And Garrett Gilbert, I believe he was drafted in like 2014, if I remember correctly. First ever start. He's been through. The Cleveland Browns hell years as a backup and never even got a start then. So, like, that should tell you something about the guy. Uh, he played in, I think it was the AAF, um, American Allegiance Football or something. I don't think it was the XFL. I think it was the other one, the other league that we've had and then collapsed in the past few years. But he lit them up. 21 of 38 for 243 yards, which I know it's not like, holy cow, that's crazy stat line. But for a guy making his first career start that wasn't even signed by an NFL team a few years ago, that's pretty impressive. One touchdown, one interception. Didn't make it count in the end zone, but that's okay. Still, he played really, really well. The Cowboys really kind of dominated the first half of this game. If it wasn't for a fourth quarter comeback, they would not have they would not have won um you know they picked him off in the end zone at the early in the fourth quarter which was a great play by Miko Fitzpatrick which has been playing great playing absolutely phenomenal for the Steelers this year I do have to say I'll give shout outs where they where they belong but then in the very last play you saw um the, the Cowboys have one last shot from about the 25-yard line. And Gilbert step, didn't quite get to step into his throw. It was a little bit like he was rushing forward and threw it. And if he, as an NFL quarterback, didn't have any pressure and could really set his feet and throw that ball the way he wanted to, I believe he could have easily lobbed it to the back of the end zone where there was a pretty wide-open Cowboys defender and he could have caught that ball toe-tapped in easily, no problem. And we would not have the Steelers at 8-0 right now. But with that being said, we do. And they have a good defense. They performed well, especially in the second half, giving up only six points. But I think it's also because of the fact that they've got these turnovers. These turnovers have helped them a lot. They've forced 13 turnovers, and... 14 turnovers is the max any team has, which there's like five or six teams with, I want to say, 14 turnovers. And then you have the Steelers and a lot of other teams with 13 turnovers. 
Um, it's really coming from the secondary, though. They're mainly getting interceptions, 10 interceptions to three forced fumbles. And it's been, as I mentioned just a few minutes ago, Bika Fitzpatrick has been playing great. And he's got quite a few of those. I believe he had the one in the end zone at the beginning of the fourth quarter today. I do believe that they have a good defense. As I've said, the stats show it. They play well. Like, I'm not saying when I watch the Steelers, I think there's some awful team that is just getting lucky every single week. But I do think things like the interceptions are really helping them because I've seen multiple times where they've got red zone interceptions or red zone takeaways that have been huge. They should probably be giving up more points than they have so far this year. But 20.3 points per game. Pretty good on the defense, and really, really not bad. As I said, I have here on my notes, what have I viewed with my eyes about their defense? It's a bend, but don't break defense. You've seen that. There's been multiple times where they've let the team into the red zone, and they've got a takeaway, held them to a field goal, done a lot of that, especially today with the Cowboys. Um, they've, had, they've literally had multiple interceptions save them from giving up more points than they have, which is good. Don't get me wrong. But when they're playing against Patrick Mahomes, good luck. I don't see Patrick Mahomes making the same mistakes as we've seen some of these teams make. Um, The other thing I want to talk about before I get into what truly concerns me about this team is their strength of schedule. If you look at who they've played, they have not played very many good teams. They started off by beating the Giants, awful team. They started off by beating the Broncos, a pretty bad team. They've started off playing, they then got their third win by playing the Texans, which is just not a good team this year. Then they played the Eagles, not a good team. Then they played the Browns, which have a good record. Or a decent record right now, I believe, would be in the playoffs. But really, I don't know. It's a really inconsistent team. It's a game that I, I do believe they're better than the Browns. Then they played the Titans. I watched this game. They dominated in the first half. Their defense played well. I think they got a few takeaways. Gave Ben Roethlisberger easy plays. And then in the second half, it all fell apart. And the Titans came back and almost won that game. Luckily, they did just enough to win. Um, I believe there's literally a pick... Ben Roethlisberger through with like two minutes left and then also like a drop touchdown by the Titans pretty late in the game as well that's the only reasons Pittsburgh walked out there with a win and then last week they played the Ravens and I think personally I think the Ravens may be a better team I could be wrong about that obviously they did beat the Ravens they played much better than the Ravens I think the one thing that really helps Pittsburgh is that they do match up well with the Ravens. The Ravens are athletic. The Ravens are fast on offense. And Pittsburgh's strengths are on the defensive end, very much so. And you saw that throughout. They matched up well. They're, they're fast. They're athletic on the defensive end. It fit well. And they played well. They got some takeaways, especially early. And then I turned that game off at halftime. And then Baltimore almost came back with one. And also Baltimore lost one of their best offensive linemen during that game. So there was just, there was a lot going on. I think if that game was played again, which technically it will be, but I'm saying played again, same circumstances, no injuries. You just redo it in Baltimore next week. I think Baltimore probably wins that game. Granted, they will play again later this year in Pittsburgh. I expect a very similar game, and I don't know that I would pick 
Baltimore just because it's in Pittsburgh, and I feel like Pittsburgh's going to be pretty good at home. Then, of course, this week they had the comeback against the Cowboys. Next week they play one of the worst teams in the NFL, the Bengals, and they play Jacksonville. Then we get that Ravens game in late November. And to wrap up the season, they have Washington, the Washington football team. Then they have the Bills, which is the game I'm circling. It's either going to be the Ravens or the Bills that beat them, if anyone. And then they get the Bengals, the Colts, and the Browns to finish up their season. That is the second easiest schedule in the NFL. They really lucked out that the NFC division that the AFC North plays, and which the Broncos are a part of, is the NFC East, which is literally a trash shoe of a NFL division. This really all worked out for the best for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have a good defense. I would say even a great defense. But it's really the strength of schedule that's got them there so far. Those are the two aspects that are working for them that may come back to haunt them because it's making them look overhyped. Now I'll talk about where my real concern is, which is the offense. The offense is what concerns me. Let's start off with the most important position in football. Now, it's not the long snapper. I know you guys all expect me to say that, but it's actually the quarterback. I know. Shocker. Ben Roethlisberger. The man is old. He is what? 38, I believe. And he's kind of getting fragile. You know, I think of him as pretty much, uh, I want to say one of the first ever games I truly remember watching is the Super Bowl between the Steelers, which where they lost to the Packers. And I remember, I think it was on NBC um, someone, it may have been Al Michaels, it may have been Chris Collinsworth, it may have been someone calling the game called Big Ben a brick wall in the backfield, pretty much, which was true. He's not fast on his feet, he's not Lamar Jackson, he's, he's a bigger dude, but he is hard to take down even for a defensive lineman or linebacker to do. That's not as true anymore. He's old, he's even slower. He's gotten some injuries. He's gotten banged up. He was out most of last last season. He missed part of today's game because he was injured. And all of this put together, he's not the same quarterback as he was. He's became more of a game manager than a guy with this large arm. He's got to be more careful not to get hurt because he does get banged up more easily. And it's all showing. Big Ben is not the same guy as he was last year. And that's okay. They don't need him to be. But I don't see the playmakers there as they had a few years ago. Obviously, Antonio Brown making his debut tonight with the Buccaneers. Probably best they don't have him. Le'Veon Bell, really not been playing well since he left the Steelers. But I think they could use a player like that. And people are like, oh, like, the receivers, they're amazing. Let's start off with Chase Claypool. He is a good athlete. He's big. He is strong. He's like a, a baby version of DK Metcalf, kind of like this year. I guess this year's draft version of DK Metcalf is what I would say. But he's not as good. And I also think he's more of a pure athlete than he is a, as a great receiver. He needs to become a better route runner. He needs to build up some speed. If he can, he's got the height. If he can add the muscle and can learn to build true mechanics even better than they do, because, of course, like he is an NFL receiver. He is a very good one, he is on a team that's 8-0. I'm not trying to bash the guy, but I don't think he's an elite level or even really. I, I think he could go to the Pro Bowl this year just because, you know, the Pro Bowl's whack, but I don't think he's like some 
gods here or even like true number one receiver. And I don't think they do either because obviously Juju Smith-Schuster is their top receiver. But this man has three touchdowns all year, Juju does, and under 350 total yards. That is not number one receiver stats. Chase Claypool has number one receiver stats. And that's not good. They don't have a true wide receiver core. You know, I I talked to multiple Steelers fans today. They all mentioned different receivers further down the depth chart. None of them are really names casual fans would know. Some of them I didn't even really know. I look at, Looking at their stats, I just, I wasn't impressed. I was not impressed. I think this receiving core, they could really use another really good just blue guy type guy because Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, if you could add in a really good slot receiver to that, I think I would then be worried about this receiving core. But you don't see that. There's nothing that freaks me about the receivers. Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, both can make plays, but... I don't think they can make plays like people are like Chase Claypool is this athletic freak comparing him Julio Jones. I've heard DK Metcalf like Megatron like not saying he's going to be as good as those like built similarly like just things like that. But like Julio God's here football player Metcalf really really good becoming a good receiver but like you didn't see him do much last year because he had to really work on his mechanics. Then you got Megatron. Megatron, again, literally God-tier receiver. Probably my favorite receiver I've ever watched play, if I'm honest. The guy is amazing. And I say watch because I would say I probably enjoy watching Randy Moss more, but I never truly watched Randy Moss play live in his prime where I remember just watching Megatron and being like, whoa. Next, I'll talk about their running back, James Conner. Like, I think he's good. I don't know his exact stats. I wasn't actually planning on bringing him up. But I think he's good. I don't think he's great. I, don't, I just don't see an offensive player that makes this team go, wow. Where I think there are other teams, the Ravens, Lamar Jackson. And, and Lamar has weapons also. That's the other thing is I think J.K. Dobbins, the way he's played, the way he's been a threat in both the rush and the pass game, important, good receivers. But really, Lamar Jackson's the wow guy. Patrick Mahomes, he has so many threats. And there's also Patrick Mahomes as a threat himself in so many ways. I think you could put Patrick Mahomes out there with some, a freshman, a freshman receiving core in high school and a freshman running back, and they can still compete for a game because he is that good. But I just don't see the guy on the offensive side of the ball that makes me go wow about the Steelers, and that's huge. They look so good because they haven't had to play many good teams. I would even argue that while the Tennessee Titans are really good. I would put them in the same boat as the Steelers, which is why I'm not surprised that game was close. Shout out to the Steelers for winning it. I could see the Steelers going 16-0. I doubt it happens. At worst, I could see them going 14-2 at this point. Even though actually after today, who knows? You could throw a random loss to who knows who, like the Bengals, the Washington football team, whoever, and they could fall to 13-3. Realistically, I think we're looking at probably... Oh, maybe 16-0, honestly, but probably 15-1-14-2. I think they really need that number one seed in the AFC because if so, they'll play the worst team, which right now it's looking like might be the Miami Dolphins out of the teams in the playoffs. Or no, they wouldn't. They'd get, they'd get a bye. My bad. 
they'd be the team with a bye, which is why I think it's important. And then they'd play the worst team remaining, which I think what we'll see is a second-round matchup between the Chiefs and the Bills, which means they get to avoid both of those teams and likely would play who knows who. Um, trying to think. I don't even know who they would play at this point. But they would play someone that I think is on their level. Very much so on their level. Whether it be the Bills, the Raiders, maybe the Titans again, maybe the Colts, probably the Ravens the way it's looking at. If every team that I expect to win would win, it's probably going to be a Bills-Chiefs and then a Steelers-Ravens second round. And I think they would want home field for that, no doubt about it. And then they'd likely have to play the Chiefs for the first time in the conference championship. I just don't see them beating the Chiefs. So, I'm here to tell you, Steelers fans, enjoy this season. But please shut the hell up about being the best team in the NFL. You have the best record. But that's because you played the second easiest schedule. That is because your defense has carried you here. I mean, honestly, honestly, I don't think I talked to a single person today that was not a Steelers fan or at least a Steelers fan who I know truly watches football that said oh yeah they're the best like no one said that no one said that I even had a few casual casual Steelers fans be like all right don't attack my team but but you might be right and it's not that I might be right I am correct I truly believe it I honestly I would be shocked if they make the Super Bowl, and I'd be really shocked if they win the Super Bowl because I don't think the AFC is anywhere near as good as the NFC. I saw on another podcast I listened to, they were posting about what they were going to talk about this week, which also included the Steelers, and they said the Steelers are this year's version of the 49ers from last year, and I think that's true. They're going to need a crazy performance from their they're running backs in the AFC Championship, just like the 49ers did in the NFC Championship against the Packers last year, to have a chance. And I just don't see that happening. So, as I've said, Steelers fans, enjoy this season. But just stop saying you're the best team, because I don't think you are. I don't at all think you are. The hardest team you've played is Tennessee, or probably, honestly, the Ravens. Um, they've been carried by their defense. They could go 16-0. But I don't see it happening. I, I, don't, I do see maybe going 16-0 happening. I don't see winning a Super Bowl or even making a Super Bowl happening this year. I think Big Ben will never make another Super Bowl, if I'm honest. Not saying they should move on from Big Ben. It's just realistic. It's just how I truly feel. With that being said, I've really bashed on the Steelers. Let's talk about some other NFL teams. So, you know, we're at the halfway point. And one thing I've mentioned earlier this year was Kyler Murray. I, I love Kyler Murray. But at the time, I said, oh, he's overhyped. Uh, the Cardinals aren't going to be as good as he is. I don't know if I said that on a podcast, but I didn't think the Cardinals would be as good as they are. I thought people were really overhyping him and the team in general because of the Hopkins trade. It's worked out. I've enjoyed watching Kyler Murray. I've enjoyed watching the Cardinals. They've played great. I am sorry, Kyler Murray, for kind of bashing you earlier. Though I do want to still say, I think you're getting the hype you guys are because of Hopkins and how well DeAndre Hopkins is playing. I, I want to congrats, but 
just know this team's not legit quite yet in my book, but I did I do I do just want to say sorry to the Cardinals. Kinda bashed you earlier. Going back on it now. Now it's gonna go the other way. A team that I said walking into this week in my head, I thought this team could probably be the best team in the NFC, especially with the talent they had, and I still think they could easily go to the Super Bowl. I think everyone kind of knows who I'm talking about, especially because I said this is going to be kind of the opposite, and now I'm going to tear them down a little bit. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I believe they are probably right now down 31-0. to zero. I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. Oh, my bad. It is now 38-3 to three with three minutes left in the game. So it's over. They're down 35. They're going to fall. Um, this team is so talented that five years ago, I think it would go undefeated and be the first team to go undefeated and win the Super Bowl in the common era of the NFL. Think about it. Three, four, five years ago, Tom Brady, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski, especially with the way um, Jones is playing at running back, they were, they, they were just... They would be impossible to stop on the offensive end. But Antonio Brown has played one game, now two games, in the past 20 months. Rob Gronkowski was commentating games from the Fox Sports booth last year, or really was a halftime analyst because they did not trust him as a color commentator. Um, he was promoting THC products on the internet. He was doing anything but being on the football field. Tom Brady is... Older than ancient Egypt, it feels like, at this point, even though that's not true. But he is, like, 40-something years old. And he's still a great quarterback. These are all still great players. Uh, Leonard Fournette had huge hype, and we've just seen it plummet throughout the years. He's not even their starting running back. Um, Mike Evans has been off and on all year. Uh, they have, of course, just like Tom Brady loves, a random receiver that no one expects to be good, playing really well. Number 10, I can't think of his name to save my life right now. Um, but, and a good defense. Honestly, they do have a good defense. I want to say that. Oh, they also have LaShawn McCoy. I forgot about that. Um, but they have a good defense with the fact that they have Winfield Jr. as a rookie, Devin White, Ndamukong Sue, Jason Pierre-Paul, Shaq Barrett, all types of good defensive players. And it's really helped them throughout the year. Vita Veda, I'm obviously looking at the roster as we speak. But all these types of guys. Um, but it's just like they've now played the Saints twice and pretty much got dominated by the Saints twice. And they've played well. But, like, again, let's go through their schedule because they are overhyped. They beat up on the Panthers, they beat up on the Broncos, they beat the Chargers, they got beat by the Bears, they did destroy the Packers. That one surprised me. That was a perfect game. They barely squeaked by the Giants on Monday night. And they did dominate the Raiders, which I think is a decent team. So I think they're a good team, but a similar similar to Pittsburgh, I guess I would say. You know, slow down. Slow down. You guys probably aren't making the Super Bowl this year. Which is a disappointment. I think it'd be really cool to see Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl this year because the Super Bowl is in Tampa Bay. I, I just think that'd be cool. Um, but this team I really I was excited for. But it's so obvious that it's not meant to be right now. When they play good teams, they get beat. When they even play good defenses, they kind of got beat. 
The only time they beat a good team was the Packers. I just don't have faith that they can go up against the NFC's best. And I think the NFC is going to be a slugfest this year. I really do. I think it's a slugfest to get second in the NFL behind the Kansas City Chiefs, which will dominate whoever they play in Tampa Bay in February. It could be the Buccaneers, but I doubt it. It could be the Saints, but I doubt it. I expect it to be the Seahawks if the Seahawks can get their defensive shit together. That is doubtful. I don't know who I'd pick out the NFC. The NFC West is literally almost anyone besides the Niners, I feel like, could come out and compete for a Super Bowl. But it doesn't matter. I just want to say, Buccaneers, you've really disappointed me. So let's transition to something that makes me excited. I saw, again, same podcast, different post on Instagram. They talked about how this year's rookie QB class is similar to the one who actually had Big Ben Roethlisberger in it. I believe it was the class of, I forget if it was 03 or 04. It was one of the two. But Big Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, I want to say that's, was Breeze in that class? I don't remember. Um, but there was a few good quarterbacks. It was not the 2003 draft class. It was the 2004 draft class. Eli Manning, Manning, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger. It was Rivers, not, obviously not um, Drew Brees. Drew Brees then left and went to New Orleans that year. Matt Schaub was in the third round. So they're, I mean, obviously not same same level of com- competitiveness, but th- those first three, really, really good. Look at this year's draft class. And we have number one overall pick, Joe Burrow. You're not seeing a lot happen with the Bengals, but the man's putting up 350, 400 yards each week, playing really, really, really well with absolutely nothing around him. Shout out to him. That, uh, he is literally putting up some of the best numbers in the league as a rookie with one of the worst teams surrounding him. This past week, we got to his second game. He is now 2-0. and and he played really well. He played really well in the air. He made some smart decisions. He ran the ball a few times when he needed to. He just played well. He did what he needed to do. And he capitalized last week on the Rams' turnovers to get his first win and played even better this week and led his team to victory, truly, instead of relying on the defense. And then also we have, we have Justin Herbert out of Oregon. Part of the Los Angeles, as weird as that sounds, Chargers. I don't like that at all. I don't like it at all. And they've played a lot of close games. They've been competitive. They have not won. They have not played. They have, they have not had a good season, but Justin Herbert has played very, very well. These guys are great. These guys are all great. And I did not expect all of them to be great. I really actually expected all of them kind of to suck. I thought this was going to be an extremely overrated class. And it still could be, especially because they're building the hype up even more right now. But I think these guys just deserve to be shouted out. They deserve to play, to, to have the shoutouts they've gotten. They, they just, they deserve to be recognized. And people need to realize this is the future of the NFL. They're really, really playing well. And that in a few years, they, one of them will at least be a Super Bowl contender. 
if not two of them, if not three of them, because I think all three of these guys will really be franchise quarterbacks. So finally, for the last segment, this is something I've been told by multiple people to bring back. It was something I really enjoyed doing at the beginning of the year, but it's been kind of hard to do since. I kind of got out of the groove. It's kind of hard to remember. And that's just to shout out my team player something of the week. And it's tough. It's really tough for me now that basketball's over because, like, for me, it's always, always could be a basketball player, but there's just, there's not basketball going on. So with that being said, I think who I want to shout out is Clemson's freshman quarterback, yes, who just lost a game, um, DJ Ugalegli, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name, but I've learned to just try and be like, I tried, um, but he's from St. John Bosco, that's where he went to high school, he's come in and played two games, probably just played his last game of the season against Notre Dame, where he lost 47-40, to double overtime to the fourth team in the nation, because Trevor Lawrence was out with COVID-19, and in both those games, he actually played really, really, really well. In his first ever game, he had to come back from down 18 at halftime. 18. I, I could not do that. I just, I know I could not do that in my first ever start as a, as a college quarterback on the number one team in the nation. But he literally, in, in Boston College, in the win against Boston College, where they came back from down 28 to 10, he went 30 to 41 with 342 yards and two touchdowns. Great. This past week, yeah, he lost to number four Notre Dame in South Bend, 47 40 in double overtime. But listen to these numbers 29 of 44. So completion percentage wasn't quite as good. 439 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. I'm sorry, but those are two great games for your first two games. I don't care that one of them was against Boston College. He put up 440 yards and didn't turn the ball over against Notre Dame. Not once. Not once. That is impressive. This guy is going to keep Clemson on top of the football world the next few years, assuming Trevor Lawrence leaves after this year, which I'd be shocked if he didn't. So I have to give this guy a major shout-out. Don't care that they lost. Don't care at all. Really don't. The guy dominated the game. He did what he did, needed to do. I think I, w- I very much could have expected him to throw two interceptions, but also two inter- I mean two touchdowns, but also two interceptions this week. But he didn't. He threw the two, in- two touchdowns, but he didn't turn the ball over. And, uh, and I think that's all they could ask was this guy managed the game, don't lose it for us. Let Travis Etienne be the stud running back he is. And Travis Etienne, I believe, had a decent game. Clearly, wasn't enough. Actually had a really bad fumble off a half-back toss. Um, bounced right off his face into Notre Dame's defender. And Notre Dame walked that puppy in for a touchdown, which is truly the difference if you look back on it. Um, but DJ played great. He's gonna. He may... I'm more excited for him than I was for Trevor Lawrence. Granted, I knew more about him in high school than I ever knew about Trevor Lawrence. All of a sudden, it was just, hey, we're going to bench Kelly Bryant for this guy named Trevor Lawrence. That's going to be a god. We know it. You don't. Whereas, obviously, Trevor Lawrence is not going to get benched for DJ. 
but DJ is going to come in and he's going to also be a god and also probably be a first round pick in the NFL a few years from now and he's going to keep Clemson on top of the football world and we're going to see Clemson be real threats and that's because they get guys like DJ right now so I got I got to shout out DJ great player I'm really excited to see him play over the next few years and with that being said I'll give a small update later this week you know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have my college football update for this week because i got a lot to say about a few programs, especially the one that makes me want to cry. Uh, yeah, I think you guys know who I'm talking about. I'm not even going to say their name right now. It makes me want to just makes me want to throw up, honestly. Really disappointed in the program, but you'll hear more about that on Friday. But we will have an update on the Big Ten slash also I will be giving... My college football playoff prediction. And I don't say this often, but I'll tell you right now, I believe it's going to be 100% correct. I really do. So, with that being said, thank you all for listening. This has been Cut to the Chase. And we, we're out.